0: everybody thank you for listening to through the garden if you are listening to this it is at least february 1st and boys we've got ourselves a super bowl yeah same one that we had a few years ago
1: but uh little different storylines with it
0: little different storylines we got the chiefs wearing the red we got the niners wearing the white and we have a resident 49ers fan that can tell us all about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to wear my Brock Purdy shirt for the first time. Uh, I really haven't worn it yet because the weather's been cold, but I'll wear it for Super Bowl Sunday. Now, usually, Super Bowl Sunday, I always wear one of my Bears shirts, but considering my second team, quote unquote, is in it, the 49ers, and I have a Brock Purdy shirt. There's no excuse for me not to wear it, oh, uh, so I will be wearing it. but um, I think that a lot of people might grumble at this matchup and say, oh man, we gotta watch the Chiefs again. We got to see the 49ers. Listen, I think from a here football standpoint, this is a very cool matchup, a fun matchup. Um, you know, I think who I want to win and is going to win are two different opposite things. but um, I think that you're gonna get a chance to see, who might end up being the greatest of all time, a quarterback, the path that he's on versus Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, that's, it, it doesn't like take the, the teams, the uniforms out of the equation. Isn't that something kind of cool to watch? If you're just like not even accounting who the teams are, like the possible goat versus Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, that's a really cool storyline. So I'm going to get to enjoy to watch how that unfolds, how those two defenses face each other and, um, I think it's hopefully, hopefully I just want to see a good game at the end of the day. And I'd like to see some drama. Um, if it's anything like some of the playoff games, cause some of them have been duds, but the ones that have been good have been very good. So let's hope we get something like that.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It's first time ever, uh, the first overall pick or not even the first overall pick. It's like. I, so never mind, not the first time ever. I just think <laughs> yeah, Patrick Mahomes we got picked ahead of yeah, him. Yeah, remember? Okay, so Patrick Mahomes was supposed to go one to to Cleveland that year, and then we got Mitch Trubisky. That's how I that's how I figured that thing would go. Oy vey! Anyway. But I mean, uh, yeah. So I guess I was counting my chickens before they hatched because I was so ready to say the Jared Goff stat, but Jared Goff didn't make to the game. So we might as well just start with the Lions and the Niners, and uh, tell you what they had them at first. Or whatever George Kittle said, but uh, yeah, the I mean, Lions looked really good to start the game. They it's were insane. I was scared to death. Yeah. I was scared to death. And then uh, I I decided to hold out and wait. And uh, it you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of two thousand six, two thousand seven, and Super Bowl forty one, where the Bears started off hot and they were like, oh my god, they're gonna do it. And then Peyton Manning did Peyton Manning things, and then here we are. So uh, it felt like that from a Lions standpoint. Too good, too many good things were happening to Detroit for them to go to <laughs> to go to the Super Bowl. Honestly, and the, and then the Niners just showed that they can close it out. Christian McCaffrey is just a dog. Uh, George Kittle just blocking, and then his recovery of the onside kick just saving the lives of Bears fans yet again. Uh, he may be go down as one of the greatest Chicago Bears of all time,
2: which is sad, but you know, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, I mean, that game was incredible because uh, like you said, the Lions came out, they punched San Francisco in the mouth right away and the whole entire first half and then San Francisco got back up from that and they were like, okay. Time to fight back and lions had no answer.
0: Yeah, and you saw the clips of George Kittle on the sideline being like this is gonna be a great comeback. And he knew exactly oh, what yeah. he was gonna say. And then like and I noticed too, he was in Brock Purdy's ear. He was like, Hey, go go play football. Like, don't worry about it. Just go play football. And Brock Purdy, say what you want about the man. Uh, I think every quarterback struggles at some point, but then the real ones get out of the holes and he got out of the hole and he won a football game in the NFC championship game, and he's going to the Super Bowl. So
2: Well, and twice, too. I mean, here's the thing is you saw the 49ers get off to a real rough start, too, against Green Bay, and then you saw them got off to an even worse start against the Lions. And, listen, you were able to fight back because, you know, you have a very young team in Green Bay, and you have a pretty inexperienced young team in uh, the Lions. You know, obviously Jared Goff's been around, and some of those guys have been around, but a lot of young guys on that team, and, you know, a head coach in Dan Campbell that hasn't been to that game before. So, you know, you obviously had experience versus inexperience when it comes to that kind of game. But the fact of the matter is, is that the 49ers cannot afford to dig that kind of hole against the Chiefs because they're not going to come out of that against Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. And, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to the AFC Championship in a minute, but you see the way that defense on the Chiefs can play. That makes them even scarier.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, we can jump right to it because, I mean, we're kind of – jumping back and forth anyways, but yeah. So I mean, the, the Ravens, I I guess we should start with the chiefs because the chiefs scored first and then scored again. And before, before the Ravens blinked, it's 14 to nothing. And it's almost like that scared them to death. And they just threw away everything that was in their brain to do and just completely abandoned the run game with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback and just relied on his arm. And, I feel bad for Lamar because now we're going to have another off season of he can't get it done when it matters and um that I mean the the on paper the Ravens were the better team but it's the turnovers but it's the, the two turnovers. turnovers just killed them it's the turnovers and they th- the Chiefs scored zero points in the second half yeah and it was all their defense yeah. and, and, and
2: Pat Mahomes just didn't need to make a mistake and he didn't yeah and yeah he just
0: he, they they punted they didn't make mistakes and the Ravens just kept just shooting themselves in the foot with the the taunting, which we can get into taunting, but the taunting call and then the fumble at the goal line and then the terrible throws by Lamar. Like it would, they it was close, but it wasn't close at all.
1: Yeah, right. you know, there's an adage of act like you've been there. That's exactly what happened with the Chiefs on Sunday. Is They've been there before. They knew what to expect. They knew how to get under the Ravens' skin, which was amazing because the game was in Baltimore, and the Ravens were the team that looked scared.
0: Yeah. I mean, after the two touchdowns in the first quarter, the place was dead silent. Ray yeah. Lewis came out and did his dance, and then the Chiefs scored two touchdowns, and then it was dead silent. And then they've tried to bring out Terrell Suggs, and then it didn't work. So it's like... Two little, two Yeah. So another offseason for Lamar, but... I want to touch on the taunting really quick, if we can. Mm-hmm. I understand the premise of the taunting, and there's th- you don't want these like things to be picked up by kids when they're playing and stuff, and I, and I get that and uh, support that style of parenting a thousand percent. But it's the AFC Championship game. He just made a big play. The team is down. They need to get hyped up him getting up and just like, oh, I did it in the wrong direction. And maybe a little maybe a little. Yeah, I got you that time. But on the other side of the coin, when he fumbled it, do you know who made the play? The guy that got burned. So where do you guys stand on taunting in professional sports?
2: Well, see, here's the thing. If I was a professional athlete, taunting isn't something I would personally do. Sure, I, I wouldn't go down that route. However, if you're making rules against taunting as well-intended as they are, there's so much gray area. There's so much that is subjective about it. It's really, really hard to have a solidified Yeah. I uh, would you know, I would
0: call that a time and place thing. Like if if yeah, I was whatever. the ref, I would not have thrown that fifteen yard flag. And if right. they don't get that, they're within ten. I think they were within the five yard line, weren't they? They were close. Yeah. They, they, were, they were close. They were yes. very close. Yes. Who's to say that they don't score on the very next play and the fumble never happens? You know, sure. we're never gonna know. But sure, I just I hated that call and that time for the Ravens. Especially like they needed that play. They got it. They're pumped about it. And then the taunting call sets them back and then everything just unfolds. It's like, I don't get me wrong. That is not why the Ravens lost that football game. It is not, but man, that's a tough call to take right there.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm never a fan. Like I always say I'm never going to taunt. but then I'm the same guy that like once that co-ed softball game starts in the summer, I'm right there talking trash with the oh, other sure, team. Oh, so. sure. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, you don't go into a game planning on doing it, but because of the emotion of the game, it kind of just comes out. And, like you said, it's an AFC championship game. You just made a big play at the time. You have to kind of let things slide. Yeah.
2: Especially when you have a crowd, you know, I think that we truly underestimate how players play in front of crowds. And if you make a big play on that stage and your crowd is getting behind you, it's really easy to get caught up in the moment yeah. it really really is it's yeah it's so much easier to sit on your couch and keep composure versus actually being the player on the field in front of a big crowd on national television where millions of people are watching I mean you know the the, the championship games in the the conferences you know they they are better viewership than like any other sporting event outside the Super Bowl so yeah that's how big the stage is
0: yeah yeah it's Man, it was tough, and, and the argument can be made and has been made several times that like every time Travis Kelsey got the ball, he got a first down, he would motion towards first down, but he's not directing that directly at the player that he got the first right. down from. Now, there was some foul language that he was throwing around to the different players, and that can be talked about, but...
2: uh right, it's yeah. so subjective, it is and so, I do it's feel It's so like-
0: subjective, and it's just... It's there's just an a mess. Issue too, I think, NFL uh, is just like they've just created a mess for themselves, quite honestly.
1: Oh,
2: 100%. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a, you know, I- I'm going to say it. Um, I think there's also a bias. I think that some players would get away with it more than others. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. thousand
1: percent. I mean, it's the same thing with the whole quarterback rules. Some quarterbacks can get away with uh, lightheads, as we see in Chicago, some don't. Yeah. The late hit goal, yeah.
2: So.
0: Yeah. That's a good comparison. But so at the end of the day, the Chiefs win. The Niners win. We're going to Vegas. Chiefs and Niners. Alex, you alluded to a pick. I think you're. Not, I know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan, I want to start with you though, uh, as somebody who doesn't have any relations to
1: either team. How are you feeling? So last week I said, you know what? I'm not going to go against Pat Mahomes. I'm a root for the Ravens. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've learned my lesson. Mahomes is now officially in town. Brady said that yeah. you can't go against him. You have to say Mahomes until he proves that he can't do it. Yeah,
0: Alex, I think I'm with you. I, I want the 49ers bad. Um, but I, the stars just seem to be aligning for Patrick Mahomes to do the things to stuff again.
2: Like I said, until he doesn't do it, it's hard to imagine that he can't, especially especially considering how good that defense looks. So good, man. Chris Jones is going to
0: be a free agent, I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. And I also think it kind of goes kind of along with what I I say about the Chiefs sometimes in the regular season the past few years, whenever they don't look that dominant, you're like, okay, they're just going to get in the playoffs and turn it on when it matters
0: most. And here they are. Yeah. Also, it's
1: been incredible because, like, the NFL, it's not like the NBA to where you can give, like, half effort during the regular season. You still have to reach a certain point in an NFL game to give that effort. And the Chiefs did that in the regular season. mm -hmm. But then the playoffs started and all of a sudden, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey again. It's yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, speaking of Travis Kelsey, saw some other things. Going to Vegas, the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are playing the 49ers. Four plus nine is 13. It would take 13 hours to fly from Tokyo to Las Vegas. All these 13s keep popping up out of nowhere. And Taylor Swift is definitely going to be at the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs are probably not going to lose, right? Probably
2: not. No. Okay, and you keep referencing the number thirteen, There's, right?
0: And what's the quarterback of the Niners' number? <laughs>
2: <laughs> thirteen. So and he, you so know it's the at, unluckiest number in the world. So,
0: so at the Super Bowl, Brock Purdy is going to win. Taylor's going to dump Travis for Brock.
2: Huh? <laughs> totally. It, it's, it, that's that's what the uh, NFL script writers put together. Holy bay, man. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: What an
1: ending that would be.
0: Yeah. So we'll have one more chance next week to really talk about the Super Bowl. Probably there may be some headlines that come out of it closer to the game. So we'll definitely talk about it again, um, and maybe change our picks by then. I don't know, but. We have almost every head coaching position filled now. The only ones left are the Washington commanders who put all their eggs into Ben Johnson's basket. And then, uh uh-oh, Ben Johnson's going back to the lions. Now there's some reports that are saying it's because he had a hefty price tag. There are other reports mainly coming from his agent saying that, uh, he just is loyal and wants to finish a job trying to get him more money. Maybe next year. I don't know, but, so Ben Johnson staying in Detroit, which is not great news for the Bears, considering we what, have to face him twice a year. Maybe he'll be the coach uh-huh. for the Bears uh-huh. next year. Uh-huh. 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 Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Year. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Bobby Slowick is staying in uh, Houston to stay the OC down there, which uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he was in line for. I know he interviewed. Uh, for a couple, but I don't, I don't know if anybody had him as his front runner. So another year, yeah, CJ I think Stroud he's
1: much, Yeah, I think he's pretty much where Ben Johnson was last year. Yeah, like, to where yeah. he got his name out there. Let's see you do it again. Sure. And then next year, yeah.
0: And then super sneaky good hire, in my opinion, by uh, my wife's Pittsburgh Steelers, Arthur Smith, going from Atlanta to Pittsburgh to be the OC. Now he got fired as the head coach. Do you remember him as the OC in Tennessee? Did pretty well. Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. We took Ryan Tannehill. Uh, A.J. Brown was there. So we had some stars. Pittsburgh's got people, man. They just need to get a quarterback figured out because I don't think it's Kenny Pickett. Uh, I would love it to be Mitch, but it's not. uh, And I don't think it's going to be Rudolph. So they need to figure out their quarterback situation. But Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, uh, the Warren kid in the backfield, George Pickens, they got weapons, and they may, hopefully Arthur. S- and I think Arthur Smith taking a step down and being like, "Okay, I don't have to be a head coach anymore. I could just focus on the offense." Maybe that sparks something out of him. You know, yeah. kind of like uh, when Dan Quinn left Atlanta to go be the DC in Dallas and got that defense turned around.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a similar yep.
0: situation. But yeah, yeah, and then uh, Jerry Jones is already planning to hire Bill Belichick next year.
1: I saw that. I mean. <laughs> The Cowboys are just a mess. Yeah. and it's not going to end well. I wouldn't be shocked if McCarthy is in season firing. Yeah, next and he, year.
0: yeah, so he's already putting that out there. He's putting out there that he's not ready to give Dak an extension. Like he's just he's tearing them apart from the inside. He's his own worst enemy. So, I I get that he cares. Would you rather have a Jerry Jones that cares and just can't get it right, or ownership like the Bears where they're just dumb?
1: Ownership like the Bears, hundred percent. Okay, Alex, hmm. that's a tough one. You lose either I way.
2: Really, I, I, my dislike for the Bears ownership, it, it just is within every fiber of my being. Um, I could spend hours just talking about it, and I mean, I, I think the McCaskies are nice people, but they don't know anything about running a team. They're a mom and pop shop trying to compete with Amazon. They're not smart. They value their evaluations by talking to old buddies like Ernie Corsi or Bill Polian who haven't done their thing in decades now. If George uh, Halas
0: were still alive, they'd be asking him how to run a football team. Oh, of course.
2: Yeah. Of course. Uh, and the sad thing is, is with the McCaskies is they don't, they don't have what other owners in the city have. And that's other business ventures. So like they're trying to figure out this Arlington Heights stuff. and, Listen, when the Ricketts were denied any uh, aid from public funding for the renovation of Wrigleyville, they were able to pay for it because they have, you know, they founded TD Ameritrade. So they were highly invested in that. They had another income. The Wurtz family owns the Blackhawks. They are involved in real estate and banks and an alcohol line. I mean, they 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 have so many different business ventures. They're, they're a megacorp themselves, the Wurtz family is. Yeah. So you have these other avenues of business. So whether or not we always agree with what happens with their teams, we know they're smart business people. The McCaskies don't know business or any of this stuff. They just have the bears because they're the monarchs of this franchise this original nfl franchise it's like asking the queen of england to be a a legitimate politician it's like no yeah you you know that's a great comparison
0: what a great comparison
2: yeah i mean the monarchy hasn't had like the political power in how long now and that's kind of where the bears are when it comes to business yeah
0: yeah it's yeah it's it's infuriating uh it feels like it's never going to get better and we're just stuck in wherever we are but I, I don't know. I, in our pre notes, I just put bears with periods behind it because I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, but it's just going to be us blabbering until we know what they're going to do at quarterback. We do have a coaching Pretty staff. Much. Uh, so that's good, I guess.
1: Right. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it's very easy and right to, uh, definitely take aim at the ownership group, but, it's also very easy and right to see what at least Ryan Poles is doing. Say what yeah. you want about the McCaskeys and the lack of vision they have. Uh, Poles does, definitely has a vision. You see that with the coaching staff that he assembled. We'll see what he does at the quarterback position. If he gets the quarterback position right, which, as I say, Poles has hit on most of his uh, decisions if he hits on this mm-hmm. one. I think we're having a different discussion this time next year.
0: Sure, and yeah, I, and you know what? I hope we are, and I hope he proves all of us wrong for doubting him, because I yep. don't. It's not personal that I don't doubt him. It's just it's the Bears.
2: They, yeah, it, they exactly
0: like, we just get it wrong, I, and I and I I hate that that's the attitude, because when other fan bases do that, I'm like, oh, shut up, but. literally like what what other what other options do i have
2: (laughs) so we don't yeah so
0: yeah yeah, we'll just keep fighting the good fight until maybe we're partying in the streets after after we make it to the playoffs again so uh any more nfl before we move on boys
2: i got nothing else yeah all
0: right right. we'll talk super bowl next week but all right let's get some baseball in our lives uh we're 50 something Mm -hmm. days 57 56 ish days until opening day um i got a couple things i want to talk about before we get to what's going on in town here uh i wrote an article or a blog yesterday about the boston red sox because i found something out uh i was watching ken rosenthal on mlb network and he says that Jordan Montgomery, so starting pitcher, he was on the Rangers. He got traded to the Rangers last year, helped him win a World Series. Still a free agent. Good, good, great arm. Great arm, left-handed. He is working out in Boston. And because his wife is is working up there, so he's currently in Boston working out. Couldn't Mm -hmm. be easier for the Red Sox to go figure it out with him and they're not even talking to him apparently. The Red Sox aren't talking to anybody. And it's the Red Sox are completely content with letting the Orioles now with new ownership which we'll get to in a minute and a completely young amazing roster in the who won the east last year and then the Yankees showing their deep pockets again finally. And then Toronto's not going anywhere. They're fighting. The Rays always are good for whatever reason. And the Boston Red Sox of all teams who have won what three, four World Series in the last whatever years, that they're doing nothing. What are we doing here? Like that's in that's insane. That's craziness.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, they're a big market team big and, market team. You know, last few years we saw them sell off mookie bets.
0: Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like you you're a big market team. Pay your guys. And they did, they did pay. They did pay their guys, but, or their their one guy, who's it? Uh, Verdugo. Yeah. Uh, No, Verdugo's the guy who traded. Devers. Thank you. Rafael Devers. They, they signed him young, big money. They just traded Verdugo. They did sign uh, Lucas Julio. Good for them. Hats off. But that's it. That's all they've done this off season. And it's just crazy to me that they're not even trying in the East. Four of the five teams finished above five hundred last year. The Red Sox did not. You think their fans are going to be okay with being last in the division
1: three years in a row?
2: No. Yeah. Not in Boston. No.
1: Yeah. Not in Boston. Uh, yeah. I can't really explain what they're doing. I mean, looking at the roster, just what? there's like, so can... many holes. You got to yeah. do so much. They've... They pretty much compiled, like, other teams' uh, rejects. I do think Vaughn Grissom is going to be a gr- great player for them. I did like that trade that they made uh, with Atlanta. But other than that, I'm like, wow. Yeah, they don't curse. This from a sale, cry which, from the, uh, yeah. the Red, Six- Red Sox team that we knew yeah. growing so, up.
0: so I don't know. I wanted to leave with that because that's just baffling to me that they're not even trying. Like, are we get mad at the Cubs for not going and getting belly right away and 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 figuring out the two or three pieces that we need, basically? But the Red Sox have a whole field of holes, and they are not doing anything about it. So I kind of feel bad for Red Sox fans.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be a pretty season.
0: So that's happening. The Orioles get a new ownership, which, like, good for them. I think uh, Orioles fans are very happy about that, their new ownership. So I'm very happy for them. Yeah, they've
2: wanted – They've wanted him out for a very long time. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they went through a painful rebuild to get where they are and it could be very well worth it, but they lost over a hundred games. How many years in a row?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was painful yeah. for them. It was very painful for them, but this new ownership group, apparently they got plans to do some stuff for Camden yards, put a good team on the field. Hopefully they can keep some of their young talent. That's there for a longer now. Like, sure. cause, cause sure, now yeah. they got a new, they got new ownership coming in right when they're getting good. Like they're going to be fired Great up. Great timing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm,
1: that's the right time to yeah. do it. So I'm uh, super happy
0: for Orioles fans. Yeah.
1: That's a good yeah, fan that's base. The right time to do it. That is a
0: good yeah, fan 100%. base. And, you know, they had that little run in the, in the 2010s uh, every now and then. Wasn't poppin'. very long yeah. though. But, yeah. But you know. popping up in the ALCS a couple of times. But other than that, like the Orioles have been bad our entire lives. So yeah, I, I yeah. like I'm, I'm thrilled to see them doing well. And I want that to keep, going because team like if every team in baseball was good that would be the best baseball ever so i want every team in baseball to be good um now let's bring it home cody bellinger is still sitting there and not a chicago cub yet all signs are said to believe that he will be a chicago cub
1: but what, what what are we waiting for boys so uh Alex, you might have saw this. I had a fun uh, back and forth with someone in the Cubs crib chat uh, who's super anxious about the Cubs to sign Cody Bellinger. Um, they will, most likely. Uh, the fact that no team has signed Cody Bellinger to this point means that his contract is probably going to be right in the range that the Cubs want, but it's just a matter of Boers coming off that stance. He's not going to do it until... Mid February at the earliest, so I'm just.
0: I my only concern is Toronto just coming out of nowhere.
1: See, they've had plenty of opportunities to do so, Uh especially because of how they missed on Otani. They haven't. They just brought in Justin Turner. It wouldn't stop them from getting Bellinger, but it just shows that Bellinger isn't their priority. Okay.
2: All right. Well, no, all right. yeah. I, Talk me off a not ledge, boys. It's not as boys. much Toronto for me. I'm worried about it's. Uh, if there were teams, I'm worried about it's uh, the Angels. Art because Art Moreno, you wouldn't put it yeah. past him to way overpay for him, or maybe the Giants. Those are the other, only other two where I could see. Do you it. think Cody I,
0: would take less mo- or take more money to go play for the Angels, though? Because hey, we'll, like I know you California. got California. I know you got Mike Pre- Trout. LA, yeah. Oh yeah, you're in L.A. I can't, all right, fine. I concede i do think I'm really though, it's, sucking tonight, boys. I'm sorry.
1: I do think for the two uh, <laughs> the, the two big bats available, uh, Chapman and Ballinger, it's going to come down to the Cubs and Giants. Um, I'm thinking Giants will probably wind up with Chapman. The Cubs will wind up with Ballinger.
2: I could see it. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I just want to see lefty bombs. Bombs,
1: bro.
2: We will. But you know and what? it's
1: important to remember, opening day isn't this week. It's not <laughs> until the end of March. I so. wish it
0: was this week.
2: Oh, it would yeah, be great. So do I. Yeah. So do I. And
1: yeah. If we get to March and you know Belando still isn't a Cub, then we could we could be upset. But there's I, no need to get I'm too. am okay.
0: If we get to March, he's not a Cub. I'm coming right for you. Oh, you could <laughs> at me. <laughs> um, all right. So, but there are a couple other bats out there that the Cubs could use. Like Jorge Soler is still out there. That'd be cool. Him coming off the bench, 2016 vibes. Carl Edwards is already back. Why not?
1: And there's a mystery team in on Solaire. So, I don't, could it the, be the Cubs? Where where would Soler be, though? On the bench? See, and that's the thing. Yeah. Soler, has, yeah, Soler has enough power that he's not signing somewhere to be on the bench. He had over 30 home runs last year. Uh, so, he could find a job, even if it's a DH. That's fair. Um, he could
0: find a job as a starter somewhere, probably. Yeah.
1: And I just don't think the Cubs value the DH as a position to where. They have one hitter in that spot the whole entire. That's season. a good point too. They um, do like to also, switch it around. So did they uh, also counsel. have a bat
2: in Patrick Wisdom that's pretty much like Jorge Soler mm-hmm. off the bench. Strikes out a lot, but hits for that's a lot a good of power. Point.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, I I think I'm just so anxious for baseball that I'm just <laughs> I feel like a Bears fan in baseball.
2: Oh
1: just yeah, it's it, uh, just... it's gonna be a fun February. There's plenty of free agents available. I think the Cubs, they still have way too much prospect capital to kind of open the season with all those prospects. I mean, I know you can, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they still have a trade lined up. That Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be cool. I just,
0: I'm just i so ready for baseball. I'm so ready to see the so Cubs out there.
1: They're going to be good. We're going to be good, boys. We're going to be good. And the Cubs are facing the Rangers as the opening night for the season. I love it. I love
0: it. Oh, that's I'm, right. I'm kinda, I forgot
2: about I'm kind of sad age. it's not a
0: day game. Kind of takes like takes <laughs> a little bit away of opening day, you know. But I'm still gonna take the day off work and just watch baseball all day.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so fun to have that island game where it's just the Cubs. Yeah, uh, it sure is. It is all cool. All the attention will be on Texas, but I mean, Craig cancels first game as manager of the Cubs in primetime.
2: And you know, when the Rangers win that opening game, Cubs Twitter is gonna be in shambles. Oh, oh my yeah. God! Yeah,
0: sell the team, fire everybody. Oh yeah. They're gonna be whiling Ross back. Yeah. Oh, in one
2: sixty-two. Oh, <laughs> you know it's coming. Oh, well, at least Ross. Oh, Ross. Hey. hey, Ross
0: only loses the games late. He doesn't lose them early.
2: Say what you covered. will about Matt Nagy. You already hear that. Oh, yeah. yikes!
1: I will say though, I do like uh, going back to the Cubs. I do love the signing of Hector Neris. That's a phenomenal yeah. signing for yeah. the ballpark. Ed, I told honest- you
2: guys last week's
0: show they were yeah. gonna make a move. Yep. 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 And and you were right. Yeah, I think you're mm-hmm. the first one to be right, in the in the predictions. And it yeah. wasn't
2: like, and we're not talking about some like random minor league catcher. It's a legitimate move. You're getting a legitimate reliever that can yeah. miss bats and is pitched in, yeah. You know, higher leverage situations, not a closer role, but like a seventh or eighth inning guy.
0: I would argue that that was the third best move that the Cubs made this past week, though. Because bringing Carl Edwards Jr. back on a minor oh, yeah. league deal, bring our king home. And oh, then, uh, and then a fellow by the name of Richard Lovelady.
2: Oh, that would totally—I mean, totally the oh, number yeah. one. Move. That's
1: number one. If he one. makes the rastro oh, so much fun! I, I <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun, boys.
0: <laughs> All right, let's go to the south side. Well, kind of the south side. So, things are heating up for the White Sox moving, and mm-hmm. uh, it's getting it's getting pretty wild in the streets. People are very upset. People are very happy. Um, I kind of want to gauge where you guys are on it because, to me, not to spoil my opinion here, but this is kind of a no brainer and and righting a wrong that was wronged a long time ago for the Sox.
1: Yeah, same. Uh, I will say I do love going to the right. I do love the concourse. We've talked about too. Yeah, we've talked about the food. Phenomenal food. So good. They can bring it with them. As I was saying, but it's probably coming to the new stadium. And I'm sure that whoever is planning the design is smart enough to realize, hey, the concourse is a main attraction of our stadium. Let's make sure we have something similar in this new build.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Alex? I listened to a very, very good conversation today on 670 the score and yes, i was, that was um, phenomenal that's kind of what heard sparked that this. too mm-hmm. it was very it was very good so i went to the gym after work today so i listened to it on the replay and it was parkins spiegel lawrence holmes and dan bernstein and it was cool because not everybody has the same perspective like we're cubs fans we don't have the same perspective that like die-hard purebred Southsiders from Bridgeport have where, you know, you heard like Lawrence Holmes saying, well, you know, this is kind of where the Sox are. It's been this way for generations, and this is kind of part of our identity and part of everything. And moving close to the city, you might not be getting that same cultural impact that the White Sox have on the South side now, which I think is valid. But what I also think is valid is, listen, if you move to a new stadium closer to downtown and it's more appealing, I mean, first of all, you're going to have that shiny new toy complex, I think is going to draw a lot of people. And two, you might win over more people because, you know, right now there's, there's two teams in the city, but, you know, again, not to sound biased here, but, you know, even the baseball marketers who have been interviewed have said this, you know, there's kind of a one A and one B team in this city right now. And, the Sox could have an opportunity to, you know, kind of close that gap with the Cubs with something like this and not just a stadium, but having an actual ballpark village with it, with bars and restaurants and business. And that's the biggest thing that I think the white Sox are lacking at 35th and shields. And I think many people feel the same way. Um, But it's interesting to hear the different perspectives of everything. And, um, you know, I think that fans will also kind of gauge some of their feelings based on how it's going to be funded. Are, you know, is public funding going to be part of this? Is that going to make some people, you know, turned off by it? Because, you know, the Ricketts had to renovate Wrigley Field 100% on their own dollar, and the United Center was built by the Wirtz and Jerry Reinsdorf. So, you know, what's this going to be? Is it going to involve tax money? I mean, you know, would Chicago be more inclined to say, hey, this is good for the city. We'll put some resources towards this because we can feel better about helping the White Sox because we're not going to do it for the Cubs because the Cubs have no leverage. They got more money that they don't need from us. And there's going to be no real threat to move to Rosemont. I don't know if you guys remember that. Right. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
0: So that's that's something that the Cubs will never relate to because. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you can be you can be you can be a total jerk about it and be like, well, that's right. That's because we got it right the first time. But that was like a hundred <laughs> years ago. So
2: and and it wasn't even intended. Right. You know, yeah. when they moved to what was called Wiegman Park at the time, it was an ex-Federal League stadium that held. Right. Yeah. What? 14000 people, single deck brick wood outfield and a dinky scoreboard. People didn't envision that stadium being around for over a century. Right,
0: yeah. I mean, and right. it, our, like it was built around the same time as Comiskey was. Comiskey just right. got replaced, you know? It's just yeah. So I was well,
2: just, I was, was also built to be much grander, right, too. Yes, let's, I was let's just that.
0: I was just being snooty for a second. Fake snooty, <laughs> if you will. But yeah, so I listened to the same thing and I agreed with a lot of the things Lawrence was saying I disagreed with a lot of the things Lawrence was saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bernsey was doing that thing where he was feeling cornered, so he threw out big words. Um, Oh, yeah. And so so, uh, I understand the impact that the White Sox do have on the South side and how territorial sometimes people feel about the Sox being down there and stuff. Um, But I think. At, we see this in every single sport now it's all about the business side of things and moving this More than anything. moving this stadium no, closer to the city you're still on the south side but closer to the city you get the shiny new toy you get those casual people that don't go to baseball game like right Wrigley field like going to a Cubs game is so expensive like getting yes. in oh yeah. food in there. If you have a family like if you you and your wife and two kids, I mean you're going you you're not leaving Wrigley Field without spending four hundred dollars. Like that's oh, just it, how it ridic- is. Yeah. It's, right. it's different it's one of the most on the South Side. Yeah. Yeah. It's different on the South side right now. And I'm not saying that that's not going to change should they get a new ballpark. What I'm saying is like if their prices are still lower than what the Cubs are, the Cubs are gonna sell out no matter what because we're idiots. The Sox yes. The Sox, like, they have a chance to get fans in the ballpark, sell out. And uh, Parkins did the numbers today or today about, like, the last, like, 20 years or something. And they haven't had over, what did he say, like, over 20,000? Yeah, it was, yeah, Yeah. over average since, like, 2008 or something like that. Yeah. And they've only hit over 20 something, like, twice since then. So, right
2: and, and and I knew this numbers were similar to that but what surprised me is that they didn't even get over that number in 2021. Well, okay, I take that back. 2021 was also part of COVID. Yeah, year. it was a half year. So, so, right. So okay, but really, I take that back. But
0: really like 19 they were like they were saying we're here. Like in 2022
2: coming. they were coming off a division title and the expectations were still high even though yeah. things didn't work out. Expectations you know, were high 2022, in 2022. Yeah. They were they were high expectations.
0: Expectations were high in 23 too. Like yeah. even Pedro Gafold yeah, you got a new manager but everybody wanted everybody knew Larusso was a tool bag. And so they bring in another guy. They're like, "Okay, we got your roster right here. Go do what Tony was supposed to do."
2: <laughs> so they were so, Tony, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs>
0: So anyways, like and and we're going to talk about it more as as it comes and goes in in the coming weeks. But I just like there is no if these are the two options, stay at your current ballpark now, which is like the sixth or seventh oldest in the league or get a new one closer to a city where you can have a ballpark village and make (laughs) it make a bajillion dollars. This is this is as night and day as the Bears moving from Soldier Field to Arlington Heights. And that's another aspect of this of like the Chicago being like, oh, crap, we lost the Bears. We got to keep the socks because the yeah, other option is going to be yeah. a new owner coming in and taking the socks to Nashville or somewhere else. Right. So you're going to lose them completely. Wouldn't you rather just have them closer to the city than losing them completely?
2: Yeah, move, I feel like moving stadiums actually further ensures the White Sox stay in exactly. Chicago. Exactly. And they're and they're
0: yeah.
1: as close as ever
0: to not being in Chicago
1: long term. Yeah. So, I mean, of all the major Chicago sports teams, the White Sox would be the team that would probably be most likely to leave, Yeah, but yeah. this new stadium probably guarantees that they Yeah, stay.
0: and I feel bad for like you know those neighborhoods down there that that love the Sox and love being part of that neighborhood and the Sox being part of that neighborhood. But w- what have the Sox kind of, what have they given to them down there? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they were supposed to, they were, yeah, good food. They were supposed <laughs> to build the True. area up and they didn't. Yeah. And, and, uh, they were, t- <laughs> Spiegel was telling the story about a bar that got ruined because they, they, uh, they built new Comiskey and they told the bar, it was like, Hey, we need this land. We'll, bu- we'll build you a new bar. And they never did never did so like and there's a lot of space down there they could have done something and they did nothing they 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 did a restaurant across the across the way i'm sorry and a plethora of parking options that are still weird but they haven't done anything now they get a blank slate let's come closer to the city let's build a ballpark village let's have our own little wrigleyville down here and let's build a stadium that faces the
2: freaking skyline and there is one yeah. point that Dan Bernstein made that really is the most important point. People will come if you win. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you win. And and the that's that's kind of a question you ask right now is listen, the White Sox fans have kind of gotten their dicks kicked in the past few years with the way they've handled things, yeah. and right. there's a lot of mistrust, rightfully so, yeah, uh, from the fans. And fans have every right for that mistrust, so. Listen, if you're going to move stadiums, great. But, you know, if you're going to demand public dollar, a lot of public dollar to fund this, be like, hey, we kicked you in the butt. Now we need you to help us. You know, I- I'm sure there's going to be some uneasy feelings. So sure. it's more important than ever if you're going to do this and you're going to demand public funding, you better get your team right. And let
0: me let me add on to that. And maybe a little pushback from that. I don't know. You know what's more fun than winning? Winning again. Doing it again. Yeah. And you know how you do that again? With more money to go buy people and bring yeah. them to your ball club. And that's what this new stadium would bring.
2: So I see no controversy. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. No. Like yeah.
0: the um <laughs> them staying them staying at 35th, like if that's what they want, I they don't <laughs> want to do that. I can tell you that right now. They want this new ballpark. But if they were to stay down there, let's say that they do get a winner, right? 05 happens. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Then what? I guess you won right. a championship, but like wouldn't you want to like win again because I wonder what the I wonder what the attendance drop off was from 05 to 06 or 06 to 07 really. Of like yeah, we 06 did it. To 07, okay, yeah, 06, and then we dropped back cuz they, was they
1: still were a ton of excitement right. yeah. Team.
0: But 07 and then 08 they came back and then 09 and then 10. And I don't know, you know. So I don't yeah. know if we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about it more. I'm gonna bring some more stats to the table next week, but that this is just a no brainer to me. They gotta do it. They have yeah, to do it.
1: And it and it does seem like it's on the as fast tracked as these things can go, it does seem like the Sox are trying to move it along. Yeah.
0: And I want two yeah. good I want two good teams in Chicago. How fun so would that be? Would be the best. How summer, fun would yeah. those four games be a year? Would you got two And it's
2: really rare we get that? Yeah. Because it's, now, it's like,
0: yeah. now it's like the Cubs are better, and when the Sox win, the Sox fans go crazy, but the Cubs don't care. I want to care nah. about the Crosstown Cup. Like, I want to get pissed, but I can't because it's just like, who cares?
1: I will say, though, uh, Christopher Manuel's walk-off against the Sox last year oh, was, was amazing. Yeah, it yeah. was beautiful.
0: But imagine that against a really good Sox team, right? <laughs> yeah. but imagine a first-place Cubs team walking off on a first-place Sox team in a game in let's say like August that might have yeah. like might mean something you know
2: No yeah Well yeah be yeah. pretty cool well, I'll never forget in 2008 <laughs> that was the year that both teams made the playoffs right. I'm sure you guys remember that well and in those so it was a three game set at Wrigley three game set uh, on the south side and the home team won all every game mm-hmm. the home team was 6 to 0 the cubs swept the Sox at Wrigley Field. The Sox swept the Cubs um, at what was then known as U.S. Cellular Field. And that was, I mean, really the mid-2000s were the peak of, like, the crosstown because, obviously, 06, you had the A.J. Barrett fight. And, um, you know, 07, you had some dramatics, too, where Derek Lee had a go-ahead grand slam. 08, you had the two playoff teams battling. And, you know, and then I think – you didn't really, you didn't really have anything interesting in the crosstown happen until I'd say 2019. Eloy, um, yeah, Eloy. That's yeah. what I was yeah. gonna the, say. It was like yeah. it hasn't yeah, been cool. Level, like yeah. that
0: was the next time it was cool it was when Eloy hit the walk off. I was there, or yeah. not the walk off, but he hit it in the eighth. I was there, and there were quite Ooh. a few Sox fans there.
2: And, oh, I remember hearing it on TV. It sounded almost oh, yeah. like a yeah. home yeah. game. It's but, like, it was wow. crazy. Yeah. But here's the thing: it was like if it if if it were
0: Like that was cool because the socks were coming and the Cubs were, and the Cubs were dipping. And it was like, Oh no is this is this the shift changing of the guard is this the yeah, shift
1: and that's, it's so crazy so that was back on cool. that cuz yeah. that was supposed to be it and then yeah. i left the sta-
0: yeah i left the stadium giggling i was like oh man here we go cuz i was yeah. so excited i want two good
2: teams yeah i okay tommy i was not giggling or happy at all yeah, oh, i mean way. like yeah. i when
0: no, it I'm happened i'm like yeah. i know what just happened. like it was i at the in the moment i was like i was pissed but when I was leaving the stadium and I was thinking about Eloy and then I go home and I hear Benetti's call of it, I was like, all right, like No, here we it's go.
1: still twenty twenty four, and as much as I love Benetti I hate that call. It just annoys me so much because it's so good. But as a Cubs fan, it annoys me so much. To and know you us, know what's funny day.
2: is it annoys me, but like I respect it so much. That's what, I'm, like, that, that's what it's supposed it. to be in that moment. It's a great call, even if he it's like at the it. expense of my team. He nailed Exactly. It.
1: Like it's a phenomenal call. It just annoys me every so, time I hear hey, it. Hey, but
0: we're going to get him back when Nick Magical goes up there. Just hit a walk-off again. You know, and we're going to be like,
2: thanks, sucks. Well, he hit a homer <laughs> in the Morel game, you remember? Yeah, they I got do. on the board yeah. with a solo homer from Magical. I think it was the seventh yeah. or eighth inning. Yeah, They oh, were no. down three-nothing at the time. And then, obviously, the, the walk-off home run happened. But, you know, another funny thing about that Eloy home run is, I don't know if you guys remember, he broke his bat on that swing. Yeah. He broke his bat, and, it, and it went more than halfway up the bleachers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah was insane he crushed that ball too like it was it was was a boom and everybody knew and yeah so yeah it felt like the change of the guard it really did but yeah here we are we're still on top uh all right couple basketball notes couple hockey notes and then we'll get wrapped up here uh the bulls just won a basketball game boys in in charlotte uh jordan's shaking his head as if he doesn't care
1: what are we doing here? See some, yeah.
0: see some red, Jordan. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody cares. This team, Did is, you guys this know team
1: sucks. That this team has made one in season trade since 2022. And for all the false ideologies that we had, oh, deadlines will be this huge thing. We'll trade Levine. We're going to restructure our court. It's not going to happen. This team They're sucks. Going to- yeah, they're just, going to extend them they're going to run it back. They're not going to win anything, and we're just going to be stuck here because that's what the Bulls. They are doing.
0: should have, they should have taken care of it before the season started. Gotten rid of them. Yeah. Called we it a tank knew. year. You should have done it, and you didn't. And then you started off just losing and losing and losing. And we're like, you guys suck. And then they won a little bit, and we were like, here they come. And now they're sitting in ninth. They're in no man's land again. They're probably going to make the playoff t- or, or the in game or the in or the play in tournament, whichever hell tournament it is. And they're going to lose that, and then they're going to run it back next year. This team right. sucks, it, it's and I hate com- this team. It's,
2: it's all this whole operation is empty. It's completely empty. And last year when they made the play in tournament, it, it just yeah. like what did we accomplish this year? We didn't accomplish anything. And you know you're looking at a team where. If you're selling Levine, it'd be for pennies on the dollar at this point. You yes. wouldn't be getting any yep. sustainable value back.
0: So what would you go- what would you have gotten for him at the beginning of the season when he was healthy? Probably more. Yes.
1: And you know what's crazy is it's shaping up to be the exact same thing that happened last year. Uh, the Bulls kind of treaded wild in the first half. Levine came back healthy in the second half, played one of his best stretches in the Bulls' career. Watch it happen again, and that's gonna give the front office a false sense of no. We just have to give it one more year. Let this team be healthy. This that's be sucks. why
2: I don't like when they win games now. So yeah. I would
0: like to, uh, I would like to propose something to the group. Okay. Okay. Bulls suck. I don't want to talk yeah. about them anymore. Let's I'm pick, down. Let's pick a new team, just for just for this year. Just for this year. Just a fun team to watch and get vibes from.
1: I think I'm going to go with the Pacers. I love watching that Pacers team. I would be okay love with that. That's, a, Barton, that's yeah. an
0: underdog team that like nobody's super talking about, but they play good basketball.
1: Yeah. I think that, yeah. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to rock, uh, rock with them the rest of the year. All
0: right. I'm down. I'm down with Pacers. Alex, Pacers.
2: Eh, I'll just be agnostic when it comes to NBA. <laughs> I just don't really. Eh.
0: When the Bulls <laughs> suck, like who cares, right? Like, no, it's just- yeah,
2: and I like I, I don't care at all. I barely watch anymore, which sucks because I like watching them when they're good, but they're not. Um, I loved the team when they had Lonzo Ball and he was playing well. And now here we are. I just kind of I just kind of tune it all out. And I watched yesterday's game watching them lose that awful Raptors team. I'm like, really? Chuck Swirsky's birthday. You're going to do this. So I didn't even bother with tonight's game at no, any point. Yeah.
0: I watched yeah, I watched uh my Michigan State Spartans mm-hmm. beat the snot out of Michigan and that felt good instead. There you so, go. yeah, I had that. Um, all right. Well we'll keep an eye on the Pacers. Jordan and I will keep an eye on the Pacers. We'll keep oh, the, yeah. we'll keep the spark alive <laughs> for basketball. Yeah, you yeah. do that. Okay, let's talk hockey. You like hockey.
2: Love hockey. I think oh.
0: that's the best organization in town right now. They the yeah. they suck, but they're not gonna for long. Hopefully. No, it's gonna work. Stop it. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> no, I I mean we've said it before. <laughs> I think the Hawks have identified the plan. I think Davidson is actually doing uh, a pretty good job. I don't think I do he's too. yeah, I don't think he's at the level of Judd yet. For all the flack that Cubs fans like to give Judd, I think he's still the best executive in town, but Davidson is right behind him, I think.
0: I'm just going against the grain because I think the obvious answer is the Cubs, but I just want to make a case. Kyle is doing something with the Blackhawks. We haven't seen in a very long time and it's kind of working for now. So what is this team going to look like when you got young stars and money? And he seems, and I heard his interview. I think this was before the draft. He had an interview on Six Seventy to score and he was taught. And this was before they made yeah. the number one pick, but everybody knew it was going to be bedard. And he was like, you know, we got this young talent and we got cap space. We're gonna we're gonna count on spending that cap space money on this young talent because they're gonna be good and we're gonna keep them. I'm like that is how you get fans in the building and that's how you win hockey games. So
2: Yeah, I mean the, the philosophy is I think the plan, the philosophy is there. I think the coaching is there, and you have the assets in terms of cap space and draft picks. I feel all really good about that. There's just one thing I'm a little concerned about. Do you have any idea what it is? Um, Lucas Reichel. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the fact that after all these years of just wretched development, just absolutely wretched development, here's another case of a guy who's been hyped up in the Blackhawk system that just isn't panning out in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. And even Arvid Sutterbloom, we thought maybe there was a – now goalies are fickle, I get it, but – um, that was another case of hey, maybe this is a guy, and he doesn't really look like he's a guy. That's fair. Yeah. No. That's my. But no. I, again, no. I'm not. I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm not ruling anything out. But I mean, eventually, this team really has to be better at developing these assets yeah. because they've been yeah. horrible at it the past ten years. At like bottom of the barrel, I think the worst team in the NHL at developing from within.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah Reichel has been a disappointment. But and I'm sad we won't see Bedard in the in the All Star game this weekend. I know. Um yeah. that would that yeah. would that would get me to tune in. I was so I, excited for I'm, it too. Yeah, yeah
1: that would have been fun.
0: I'm probably not going to watch it, but I will watch the highlights of it.
2: Oh, sure, yeah. me too. Yeah. I watch the skills competition. I always enjoy that, but oh, it would have been a hell time. lot more enjoyable with Bedard in man, it. Man, can you imagine? Yeah. yeah, like just seeing. What if it were like he
0: and Patrick Kane like on the yeah. ice and like it was oh, it was, it was a patching so of the torch moment, you know? It's just no. yeah, man. Yeah, man. Can you imagine if can you imagine if uh, DeBrinket was still on the team? <sighs> yeah, you know how much fun Wanna that would
2: Aaron or Kane. <laughs>
0: Panarin, oh Panarin! I bet on but, I bet I mean, on Panarin to score a goal almost every single night. I loved I mean, him so much. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I mean, hey, if if we're talking about that, then we're probably not talking about Connor Bedard. I'm exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. that's a good point.
2: It's a new era. We're trying to look forward. That's A good point. They're trying to do that. They're trying to wipe this slate completely clean. Yeah. And I think it's the right move in the long run. So, right.
0: no, it, it it's a thousand percent the right move. We just got to be patient. We yeah. really got to be patient with the Hawks. We got to let them figure it out. So, we're our absolutely. Cubs fans,
1: we sat <laughs> through a season of Edwin Jackson getting starts for the Cubs only because we knew the greatness that lied ahead. So, That's, same thing for the Blackhawks.
2: Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, who's the Edwin Jackson of the Blackhawks? Is it uh, Seth Jones right now? I think so. I think it's Seth uh, Jones. Seth Jones
0: is a little good. He's a little too good for that.
2: <laughs> uh, last year, I thought he was—he had a pretty Peter Mrazek. Year year. He's the—he's the, he's the year, Edwin though. Jackson.
0: Our, he's okay. been good
2: though. He's, he's been, been good. Yeah, well, Edwin was okay. Edwin Jackson? <laughs> just kidding. not with the Cubs. <laughs> Edwin Jackson was awful. I'm Peter just... Mrazek has been legit good for the Blackhawks.
1: Uh, Edwin Jackson is an MVP of immaculate good. That's it.
2: Uh, he's, he's a, a great a, guy, great teammate. Just wasn't good with yeah. The cuts, he's yeah. very
0: good on immaculate grid. I rely on him several times. Oh, several times. You should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex, what are we naming the podcast this week?
2: Hmm. Okay, I gotta think of something creative here because I, I don't know about you guys. I think this was our best episode so far. I think so. I felt
0: like I was shit today. <laughs> I've I backtracked myself several times and I know
2: no we this is as conversational as we've been we will write yeah yeah, uh, yeah you know what if this was our better if this was our best episode
0: and I felt my worst then by golly look at us go exactly yeah.
2: now uh, let's call it Um. Uh, I need to think of something creative man all right you think of that uh, all right Jordan what are we
0: uh, leading the podcast with next week
1: So, all of the NFL world is going to be in Las Vegas next week. Yes. I am going to say it's going to become clear that the Bears will be trading Justin Fields and taking a quarterback.
0: Ooh. A a trade in place
1: or... Or not a trade in place, just, but just just we more know that that's comes the plan. Out, okay. that that's a plan. Okay. All right. I like that. Okay.
2: Okay. I think I have a name. It's not the most creative, but I think it's relevant because we spent a lot of time talking about it. You know the uh, the classic uh, "Bye Bye Birdie." Sure. I think yeah. we should call it "Bye Bye Bridgeport?" Question mark.
0: Ooh. Yeah. let do it. That'll get the folks fired up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that.
2: All right. What are we, we uh, lean the podcast off with next week? Hmm, I'm going to say this is going to be pretty bland. but uh, And, Jordan, I honestly didn't hear what you said. I was trying to think of a name. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think that uh, we're going to lead off with our official Super Bowl predictions, final score, who's going to win, who's going to be the MVP, over, under on touchdowns, so on and so forth. Cop out.
0: Here's what we're leading the episode with next week Somebody's getting suspended for gambling Somebody in the Super Bowl Is getting suspended from the Super Bowl For gambling on the game That's what we're starting this episode with He wants
2: an easy way out Oh, I'm just going (laughs) to gamble It's going
1: to be Kadarius, Tony, 100% (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah.
2: they'll
0: be like You can't gamble He was like, but I was behind the
1: line <laughs>
0: oh, <no. laughs> All right everybody thanks for listening make sure you follow us on the twitters and uh yeah. subscribe to the pods and uh we'll uh, we'll run it back next week
1: I guess yeah, see ya